Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. No, we do not have a GSP Ace of the Day segment for all of you today, but in my opinion, we have something slightly better because we have an excuse to bring together our college tennis holy trinity as we have the release of the first ITA preseason poll for our Division I men's college tennis season. We've got team rankings. We've got individual rankings. We've got newcomers for for the 2021 season, all of that and so much more up for discussion on today's podcast and joining me to do just that as they always do whenever we talk college tennis, the two other members of our Crack Rackets College Tennis Holy Trinity. You, of course, know him as a former four-star recruit, your favorite writer for our website, CrackRackets.com, the other half of Nick Stokowiak. It's Matt the Crack Stokowiak. Matty, hey, great shot as always. How are you feeling about these rankings? Your initial reaction? Oh, man, we got some rankings and uh, oh, God, I mean, we have so much to talk about. These rankings are crazy. Um, They always are, though, right? I mean, in the beginning of the season, they're always a little funky. There's always some things that we know are going to be a little bit off, um, but it'll get regulated throughout the course of the year. But uh, I mean, all that means, you know, the preseason rankings, it means we've got some tennis coming up. So super excited. Mm-hmm. And speaking of a man who is always super excited, you know him as the forefather of the college tennis ranks formula. Predictions never far from the listed UTR. One of the many dames to root for the Liberty Flames. Lover of Almond Joys. Lover of Almonds. The professor. The snitch. And a man who quotes, I don't remember, was it Colonel Sanders? Was it Hubert Humphrey? Someone from the 1950s. It's Chris Halioris. Chris, hey, great shot as always. Second podcast of the night. You look just as beautiful as you did two hours ago. Wow, yeah, Henry Ford by the way. But Henry yes, Ford, it was, who it, was. It, it, <laughs> it, it is it is great whether you think you can or think you can't. You're right, Gruskin. That's the quote. <laughs> but well, uh, yeah, t- hey man, and this this is going to be one of our most fun podcasts I think uh, as we get to compare our rankings that none of us have shared with each other yet. So I am ready to get into this. It's essentially what we did for the College Contender Series before we started actually recording the podcast, the three of us coming together for like an hour and a half phone call where we were like, Texas, NC State, nah, Illinois, they pretty much get to redo last season, and it's like, nah, they're probably on the outside, and then we're jocking over who's six, who's eight, who should be number three, all of that fun stuff. We're going to do it live here for our individual rankings. As Chris mentioned, not only are we going to break down the official ITA rankings, talk about the process behind that, but we'll of course give out our own top 10 individual singles players and then our top 10 individual doubles teams heading into this 2021 season chat about the newcomers a little bit as well of course I will just quickly say Colonel Sanders and Hubert Humphrey not that far off from Henry Ford and I watched have you seen the Ford versus Ferrari movie yet Chris the one Christian Bale and Matt Damon and obviously it's their their attempt to win Le Mans the 24-hour race Wow, I have not, but I love Matt Damon, so it sounds like that would be up my alley. All right, the night when we're at the National Indoors, we're watching that one of the nights. When we're just cranky after like eight hours of sitting in that little booth, I'll just be like, I'll turn this on. You'll enjoy it. The point is Henry Ford II is a big character, and they call him the Deuce. And there's nothing more in my life I would like than to be called the Deuce. I just feel like that's such a great nickname. Like, is there, but yeah, I was talking to the Deuce, and you're like, oh, of course, Henry Ford II. Um, so, anyways, that's, yeah, that's my note for you. If you want to start calling me the Deuce, I suppose you guys can. 
Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, some... not going to happen. No, it was weird. The other day someone tweeted out, I think it was David Gertler, one of our new Cracked Rackets contributors, he tweeted out, you know, Alex compared Corda to Burdich, and he called me Alex. And I was like, I think you're the fourth person maybe who calls me Alex in my life. Like sometimes my mom calls me Alex. Usually it's Alexander. Well, my dad, it's Alexander Scott. Um, yeah, my mom's just like, oh, it's him. Um, no, but it, anyways, it's, anyways, 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 we're off the beaten path. The point being, it's going to be a fun podcast. And as always, a huge shout out to our friends at DraftKings for their support for this podcast. Again, no ace of the day as it's just ITF matches. And I don't think you guys want to hear us pontificate on those. But of course, if you want to get in on any of the action, whether it be NFL playoffs this weekend, I know Maddie's going to be watching himself those games on one of his screens. Of course, NBA regular season, if you're like Chris and you're obviously all about the horse races and Chris I'm not going to say that nickname that you just texted us because we cannot say that on the podcast Uh, but yes you guys can also call me that in private as well Um, but the point being all of that can be done you know he actually called me the gambler he called me the DraftKings king and that makes sense given the start we've had to this season so go check out our friends at DraftKingsDKNG.co slash cracked open and another reminder up 20 units to start the season, Chris. Not too bad. Not too bad. And You're rocking it, it Graskin. No, it's, there's also just, there's a lot, well, you know, I, <laughs> in reference to your nickname, if I wasn't so stingy, maybe I'd beat up even more, Chris. Um, but, you know, uh, <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, yes, yes, I, I, what was my train of thought? Oh, Skander Mansuri in Tunisia is the best bet you can make in any sport right now. If he, if he is playing a futures event in Tunisia, lock him into the semifinals, and you can throw him in any other parlay you want to bring down the odds because he's winning his match. And so, again, for you college tennis fans out there, there's a lot of former college tennis players who you know more about than the average person out there. Take advantage of that fact with our friends at DraftKings. But with that in mind, let's have some fun today, folks. Let's start with the team rankings. And we've already given our team rankings in our College Contender Series. I'll quickly recap those for you as a collective. And we're going to speak as a collective here. I know we had some individual differences. But our rankings were number uh, I'm going to do from 11 to 1 because that's just the order I remember it. I'm sorry, folks. 11 was Georgia. 10 was Michigan. 9 was Florida. 8 was Stanford. 7, Texas A&M, 6, TCU, 5 was USC, 4, Ohio State, 3, Baylor, 2, Wake Forest, number 1, UNC. Now, I don't think it's going to shock anyone to learn we got our entire top three incorrect. Only one of the teams in our top three actually in the ITA top three of the team rankings. That's North Carolina who comes in at number two. Now, we weren't too far off, but it does feel notable, and this is probably the first story, and this is a live, you know, he will hear this podcast tomorrow. Coach Brett Macy calling me right now. I would pick up and I would let him on the podcast. Do we do that? Should I do that to him? Nah, I'm not going to do that to him. That would be so mean, but leave all of that in, Westoff. But the point being, um, wow, that blew my train of thought. The point being, 
Where does the ITA have Wake Forest and Baylor to start the season? That is the first thing that jumps out when you look at these team rankings. And, you know, for the process this year, how did they figure out uh, what the rankings were going to be? Because there was no fall season, and last year was an abbreviated season, and all of these rosters so reconstructed. Well, we learned, of course, that what they did is have the National Ranking Committee, which is made up of 12 Division I coaches who serve as region chairs. They voted by secret ballot uh, for this first preseason season top 25 and for the individual rankings and you have to imagine these coaches who you can look up who they are uh you know they're honest proprietors that's how you get to a position like that and so you know any differences we may have with them are just slight differences but little more than slight with this one that's why it's the biggest question wake forest at number 12 again we have them two baylor at number 15 we have them third maddie you have an inquisitive look on your face i want to hear your reaction first well, that, I mean, that was the first thing that jumped out, right? You're looking at the team rankings, and everything seems fairly normal. But a, a team like Wake Forest, right, which we have said in the past on our College Contenders series, might just be the deepest team in the country. Wake Forest may very well have the best depth out of any team. On the other hand, Baylor, probably, if they're not the deepest, are the second deepest team, them and Wake Forest, it just, I don't know, I don't know what these guys were thinking. I mean, to me, in my opinion, and I think we all agreed on this, we've got Baylor as our preseason favorite to win their conference in the Big 12. Wake Forest, I believe we all picked them to finish second in the ACC, only behind North Carolina. So to have both of those teams outside of the top 10, Seems a little bizarre. Even Texas A&M at 11, right? For me personally, I had A&M as my favorite to win the SEC conference, and they're not even going to be in the top 10 of the rankings. Those are three things that just really stuck out to me. So we'll get into those further. Let's stick with Wake Forest Baylor for a second. Here's the incongruity that bothers me. Baylor has the most individuals in the ITA singles rankings with six players. Now, you look at them, Sven Law, 43, Boytown, 46, Soto, 56. You have three top 60 players on your roster. You're st- that's the outskirts of a top 15 team on its own. But then you look, Fronson, 66. He might not even be playing. Stokowiak, 74. Broom, 103. You have six top 100 players, and you're not in the top 10? That, to me is a little bit out of whack. And then you look for Wake Forest, by the way. They're not far off. They've got four guys in the top 100 in Botzer, Kungu, Badi, and Tachi. Now, of course, that doesn't include Squire. That doesn't include Ifstafalu, and we know how good they're going to be as well. It's a little bit of a miss. And, like, look, Florida at number nine ahead of Texas A&M, considering A&M beat them to end last season. They have Georgia at number 10 as well. Again, there are some little things here that are a bit interesting. Chris, your take on the on the Baylor-Wake Forest conundrum and, again, your initial reaction to these team rankings. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my initial reaction is, it, especially on the Wake Forest and Baylor piece, right, is, wow, what a miss. Um, <laughs> I, I will say to your point to lead off that while our consensus top three weren't right, they're the same top three I had in a different order, but the same top three. But nonetheless, the I think the 
honestly, I, I think that the reason for the miss on the Baylor and Wake Forest is you look at the the, the 12 guys that were the, the people that did the secret ballot vote. And honestly, there's no incentive for them to go do the crazy amount of research that we do, right? I mean, we're just complete idiot geeks that like research this stuff to no end because we live and breathe college tennis. They actually play it. So they don't care about the research end. They just play. Uh, There's no incentive for them to go figure out, oh, wow, look how good that recruiting class somebody had or Wake Wake Forest brought in Tachi and Maroney. Wow. Half of these guys probably didn't even consider that in their rankings. They're looking at where teams finished last year, what they know about them. And, and honestly, the only guys that are even there that are in the, in the same region that might come across them at all are Goffey and Kenny Thorne at Georgia, you know, Goffey from South Carolina, Kenny Thorne at Georgia tech, everybody else they have no, you know, they have no interest in the wake forest lineup. So, uh, so yeah, they're, I mean, it's not that it's a bad thing, but it's it, it's not that that's not their job. Their job is to get their teams ready. They look at the they look at the the lineup. They vote. They say, yeah, I think Wake Forest is about here. You know, we did a you know we've done a lot more research into that than I'm sure those guys did. Yeah, here's the thing though, Wake Forest they ranked Tachi in the individual rankings, right? And it's like Wake Forest was 12-3 and three last season, something like that. National indoor quarterfinalists. They obviously played uh, a pretty tough schedule as well and had success, and it's like, okay, but let's say they're disregarding recruiting classes. Well, then why is Stanford number five? What did Stanford do? The one win they had at home over Ohio State, who's number three in the rankings, because of that, they get to be number five. It's just there are some jumps in logic, right? It's like, okay, if they would have said, let's stick to just purely 2020 results. Let's not project the roster. Let's not try and do any of that. Let's just be only based on 2020 results. Then things would make a little bit more sense. But it's like, it. I don't know if it feels like they did that in every instance, right? I, it's just, I, I mean, I don't know. I, You know, on, on the other hand, Michigan at number four, <laughs> to you guys, that feels great. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, like we said, these guys really got it all wrong. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, so okay. Wake Forest, Baylor. It's going to take one national kickoff week, a national indoors kickoff weekend, to get them into the top ten where they belong. Um, although once my number four Michigan beats Baylor, and then they're scrapping for a win over Pepperdine or Texas A and M in the next match, we'll see what happens. But um, outside of that, top five: USC, North Carolina, Ohio State, Michigan, Stanford. It doesn't bother me that South that USC Southern California is number one. Like, that makes sense given their results. <laughs> I'm happy with Michigan at four. Probably is a little bit high. That's probably. I mean, Maddie in the top five. That's the thing that jumps out, right? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, really, look, we had USC, North Carolina, Ohio State in our top five. We did, and Stanford's a team that Chris and I, and and I think you've come around on this, Gruskin. You know, we're very high on this Stanford team if they can, you know, stay healthy and and actually play their season. I know they have some things going on, but you know, I, we know that they have the potential to be a top five team. So that's not that shocking. I mean, obviously, Michigan. You know, they're taking Michigan from last year, for sure. That's why Michigan's up there. They're taking that 2020 season, and they're putting some major stock into that. Um, 
you know, and I think they they're also doing that with teams like Texas and and NC State, who I think will be very good teams. But again, did they consider the losses of Ito and Sigsgard? Did they? I mean, really? And did they consider, you know, for a team like Baylor, three grad transfers who are going to be phenomenal? Like, did they consider that? It just seems like I can understand, like, where this kind of came from. I get it. Like, it's not totally shocking, but it just, it seems like they didn't really take everything into consideration. And that could be exactly what Chris mentioned. They just didn't do enough research and, and really get down into it. Yeah. And Chris, I want to get your take also on how you think this is going to, you know, how these preseason rankings, I know there's something we're going to talk about more in our mailbag, so you can save the extended thought for there, but how these rankings influence just potential seeding down the road because of the limited match play around the country. But, you know, I also think it's worth noting, you know, when you look at teams six through 10, or excuse me, yeah, teams six through 10, TCU, Texas, NC State, Florida, then Georgia. I, I don't know. You look at the rest of the top 10. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go through the rest of it now quickly, just and then tell me the rest of your thoughts here, Chris. So that's your top 10. Uh, again, you look through the 11-20 positions. It's A&M, Wake Forest, Tennessee, who we all are really high on, Oklahoma State getting rewarded for their preseason hype, number 14. The coaches see that as well. 15, Baylor, we discussed. 16, UCF, probably the winners of the fall circuit was that UCF team. They get rewarded with that number 16 rankings. Then it goes Mississippi. Mississippi, UCLA, Columbia, South Carolina to round out your top 20, Pepperdine, Virginia, Duke, Texas Tech, University of Kentucky. Chris, I'll go to you first. Again, your thoughts on even out extending beyond the top 10, just the way these rankings break down and how it influences what we might see throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, what, what I see there is primarily an extension of the things that happened last year, right? Which is, for the most part, what the coaches know. They know what happened during the season that was cut short. It's not necessarily their job, especially for the teams that aren't in their conference or teams that they're going to play, to keep up with the ins and outs of every single team. But you see, you know, the big shocker to me is seeing them put Ole Miss up at 17. Yeah, Ole Miss made the great run last year. Uh, in the season that was cut short. Are they number 17 in the country? Not a chance. Um, you know, and then obviously Pepperdine's up there off the undefeated cut short season for them. Uh, you know, I, I I think that's kind of what, what we see is just the fact that a lot of the coaches took what they saw from last year and used that to, to base their rankings off year, uh, rankings off of for this year. And there's nothing wrong with that because honestly, regardless of what the rankings procedure ends up being for this year whether it's a formula whether it's a voting poll even if it was this same exact voting poll by the time we get through an entire season of play and all of these schools have played the coaches will vote according to how they've played and if like we surmise you know a Michigan doesn't deserve to be number four or a you know uh, a where I was where I was going, an old miss team doesn't deserve to be number seventeen. They will vote them out of that spot because based on their play. So I it'll all take care of itself in the end. Mm-hmm. To your point, first of all, we surmise, meaning you and Matt surmise Michigan's not number four. I know nothing <laughs> of the sorts. Uh part B to that, yeah, let's be clear. It's a preseason poll. 
no need to overreact. It's just poll number one. This is what we do. This is how we talk about college tennis. We think these, you know, that's why we wanted to launch our own Cracked Rackets poll so that you guys know what we're thinking throughout the course of the year. Maddie, I'll give you the final word on these team rankings. The only other thing that jumped out to me, an unranked Illinois team outside of the top 25. Been a while since that's happened, but your final thoughts on these team top 25 rankings. Yeah, again, that's a good point about Illinois. I mean, I definitely think they're worthy of being a top. I I mean, with some of these teams that are in there, I think they're very worthy of being top 25. And again, I know they didn't have a good year last year, but this is this year. Um, So like Chris mentioned, this will all get regulated. It's going to sort itself out. It does every single year. So I'm not too worried about it. It's just going to be funny Right when some of these teams either start winning and beating some higher ranked teams, and then a lot of the higher ranked teams start losing, like it's just going to be really interesting. And it's like, oh, okay, they may have gotten that one wrong, um, but that's fine. We can have some fun with it. Yeah, no, I mean for sure. Again, this is half the fun of the college tennis season, getting to see these rankings, how they develop over the course of the year, and of course, there are individual rankings in tennis as well. The top singles and doubles players in the country, as we mentioned at the top, we want to have some fun with these individual rankings. So, what I am going to do, I am going to read the top ten of the individual singles rankings, and then Matt, Chris, and I will give our individual top ten rankings heading into this twenty twenty one season. With that in mind, here's what the actual rankings are. Number one player in the country to start the season, Daniel Kukerman. Pretty unequivocal. You know, I I think that's a pretty safe choice. Kukerman lost once last season to Cannon Kingsley, dominated the 2019 fall. Him returning at number one makes a lot of sense. Number two, Will Blumberg. We talk a lot about Will Blumberg. We'll talk about him more, I'm sure, in a second. I'm just going to go through these names from here now. Rothstart, three at Stanford. Number four, Vachereau of A&M. Number five, Kingsley of Ohio State. Number six, Ciamara of Notre Dame. Seven, Galarno, NC State. Eight, Riffis, Florida. Nine, Trent Bride of Georgia. Ten, Keegan Smith of UCLA. As I mentioned, the team with the most ranked singles players to start the season is the Baylor Bears, worth noting as uh, mentioned before, North Carolina, I believe, has four ranked players. I believe we also have four. Uh, Wake Forest, uh, they have, I believe, four ranked players as well. With that in mind, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to start at the top where I imagine we have more agreement and we will work our way down the top ten. So, Maddie, I'm going to start with you. Just name your player. Chris, then you name the player. Then I will name mine. We'll get the conversation rolling. So, with that in mind, Maddie, your number one singles player entering the entering the 2021 season is? Yes, that would be the one and only Will Blumberg. Easy choice here. Uh, Chris? Will Blumberg. Yeah, I, I mean, 10-0 and 0 last season when he was finally healthy after going, I think, 7-7 seven and seven in singles matches during his junior season. But look, we know he was 24-1 and one at the two singles position as a freshman. He was unequivocally the best player in the country as a sophomore as well. Um, and, you know, then last season... 10 and 0 in singles, I think 8 and 1 in doubles, just eight-time all-American now. Yeah. I mean, the guy has made an NCAA singles final individually. He's had success, I think quarterfinalist, maybe semifinalist in doubles with Robert Kelly as well. 
I mean, he's also a fifth year, 23 years old this season. That makes a difference. Will Blumberg is a man amongst boys, unequivocally the number one singles player on all of our lists. We can move on quickly now to number two. Maddie, I am happy to go first if you would like me to, but I want to hear who you have if you don't mind. So, your number two pick. Well, wait a minute. You're happy how about this? to go we'll first. Go. How about this? How about this? How about this? Here's what we're going to do. Snake order. <laughs> so so Chris will go first on this one, and then for the third one, I'll go first, and we'll alternate who goes first for each and every spot. So Chris, your number two player in the country is? My number two player prefaced with, we're only giving Gruskin grief because he was unprepared for this, and we wanted to hear his answer first <laughs> but now that we know he will participate one third of the time going first my number two <laughs> lexi galarno from nc state oh so let's be clear beforehand since you've brought up uh, open this can of worms chris because you're right i assigned you homework for, i'm the teacher i assigned the homework i don't do the homework i cheat off the other people <laughs> yeah. and just find an answer key online sporkle.com um but i did assemble a top 10 rankings list. You guys watched me as I did it, and you guys said, oh, your list is going to be ridiculous. We're going to have to balance these things. Over-under was 13 and a half names, but now it's 20 and a half names because you me, 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 me. Anyways, my number two player, Chris, Alexis Galarno of NC State. Maddie, oh, I'll make the no. case for him in a second. Who is your number two player? Yeah, mine, I- I'm going to differ here from you guys. Um, I've got Daniel Kukerman as my number two player in the country. So I have the kooky monster at number three. Chris, where do you have him? I have him at, at, at number three as well. Oh, and we spent too much we time too together. Much, before we go too much further, Gruskin, because we, we kind of said in the, in our prep for this, right before we went on air that we would say, uh, you know, I had kind of put this crazy prop bet out knowing how crazy Gruskin's picks were going to be, what was the over-under on the number of guys that the three of us would have in our top 10? I stated the over-under at 13 and a half. We haven't gone, obviously, we've both got the top two in our top 10. I'm going, actually, I'm going to change it to 14 and a half because I think that makes it more interesting. 14 and a half, Gruskin. I'm, I don't know. 12 and I'm, 9 I'm gonna right now. Under. What are you taking? 12 and 9 in my aces of the day, Chris. I'm taking the under. And I think we're going to hit here. I think we are going to hit this one. Because, again, I watch what you guys... I spent a lot of time, A, more time than, than I suppose I let off, apparently, uh, following these matches. But, B... I listen to you guys all day. So, like, I think of a player and I hear Matt going, Oh, Sven La. I watched Sven La at Baylor practice, and he was amazing. And I'm like, oh, okay, Sven La, amazing. Like, keep that in the back of your brain. Matt's right about these things a lot of the time. And so there's going to be that's, – that's why I love talking to Colette on a side note because it was escaping the group think of the college cracked rackets, Holy Trinity. Um but no, I just think for Alexis Galarno, look, there's the success he had professionally this fall, won a pro title, is was inside, I believe, the top 400s of the ATP rankings at one point. He was an All-American last season, went, I want to say, 10-1 in singles play, 13-1 in doubles. Uh I think he has, you know, had really good wins uh, throughout the country, beat Ito when they played Texas and beat Fenty when they played Michigan at Michigan and... I mean, the guy's just a baller. Like, that's the case for him at number two, Maddie. Where do you have Alexis Galarno on your list? 
Well, I don't know if we want to get into all this because we're going to start giving it away, right? Well, so I guess then, is he in the top 10? Is he in your top 10? Oh, absolutely. Let's just, we'll get there in just okay. a second as we move on. We'll get there. Um, no, my number two player, though, is Daniel Kukerman. I think he's worthy. I, I, I just think, I mean, this guy rarely loses, guys. I mean, he's yeah. he's so good. You remember at the indoors last year and, and was just a flat-out stud. I mean, for me, and really the ITA ranked Kukerman number one. Um, which, you know, obviously we all agreed that Blumberg is number one. But for me, you know, if he's not number one, I'm putting him right behind at number two. So I, I think Kukerman's worthy of that ranking for me. But it's close. And I love Alexi as well. We'll get to him in a minute for me. Yeah, I mean, Kukerman was 17-6 and six in dual matches as a junior. As we mentioned, only the one loss last season going through the individuals and dual match play. He's part of the number one doubles team in the preseason rankings with Riley Smith. That's why he's the number three player on my list. And I believe, Chris, you, heard, uh, you mentioned him being at number three as well. And I mean... Much like we mentioned for Blumberg, helps that he's 24 years old. He, you know, he is a guy who is experienced. He's matured physically. I think he's in store for a really big year here in 2021. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're talking fractional margins here, right? And yeah. and the thing for me was really more looking at the off season. Kukerman's played. Kukerman and Galarno both played some pro events. Kukerman, you know, I followed him really closely, a guy that I really root for. I mean, I root for all the college guys. So I watched them playing all the Futures events, watch him playing a lot of the Futures events over in Europe over the over the offseason. Uh, and even in the fall, obviously, because he was not at school in the fall. He was doing his school online uh, as something that Coach Macy pointed out. It's really hard to be going to school and playing pro tennis at the same time. But his his results there to me weren't quite as good as what Lexi did and that's what made me put Lexi to him three but we're talking fractional margins those guys are both really good players but I've got yeah Galarno two Kukerman three yeah if I have Blumber Galarno or Kukerman in my top three as my number one singles player I'm feeling pretty good in every match I enter that I'm going to go up 1-0 at the start of that match Maddie, who is your number three player yeah, so I, I agree with you guys. If any of those three I'm super happy about, here's another guy that I just love, guys. I mean, this guy to me, when he's playing to his max potential, is as good as anybody in the country. I actually have Keegan Smith as my number three player. See, again, I have him number four, Maddie. He is the next guy on my list because I agree with you. When you watch yep. him in person, six five, six six, six seven, whatever it may be on any yep. given day, when he's connecting with his serve, with his forehand, his backhand, he has the biggest weapons in college tennis. That's not hyperbole, the biggest yep. weapon. The four the Blumberg forehand is probably the single biggest weapon, but the total package for Keegan Smith, there's just it's such an overwhelming degree of power tennis, of course. He's an NCAA doubles champion. He is someone who has played a lot of high level matches uh, at the top of the lineup for UCLA. I agree on potential alone. I was if I had his physical gifts, I'm convinced I could be a top ten player in the world. Keegan Smith is, in my opinion, the number four player in college tennis. Uh, Chris, who is your, I guess we can transition here, who is your number four guy? Yeah, so I don't have Keegan Smith at number four, so I get to add, add a new different. player to the mix. 
it pains me because I live in the state of Kentucky. I hear all about Kentucky basketball. I'm not a fan, but I'm going to go with the UK Wildcats from the tennis perspective here. And my number four guy is Liam Draxel. So he was number Whoa. 11 on my list. And my thinking was Chris is going to get smart and put Liam Draxel on him and put Draxel on your list, Chris. But I just haven't seen enough of him in the college tennis realm. What has he done in the pro universe that has you thinking so high of him entering this season? Well, I mean, he's he's won some really good matches. Obviously, you know, the, the biggest and most, uh, most formidable win for him was winning – the, the you know the wild card entry if you will into Delray that tournament included a win over Alexander Rotzer from Stanford that that draw included Alex Geller Geller did not get to the final uh, in the fact that he lost to Danny Thomas and uh, and in the end DJ Thomas is who Draxel beat in the final to grab the wild card into the tournament. But, you know, he sports wins over guys uh, like in Fayetteville. He beats Charlie Broom. He beat, beats Kovacevic. Those are current guys that are in should be in the conversation as top 10 college guys. And he beats them both two and four in straight sets, right? Uh, I mean, he definitely deserves to be up there. Uh, and, and that's why I've got him. Well, he guarantees we have 11 different names for sure, so throw him on that list, Chris. Uh, but, Matty, is, I, this may sacrifice, uh, compromise the integrity. I apologize. Is Draxel in your top 10? We'll get there. I'm not, I'm not ready to reveal that information. We'll get there in due time. Um, right, well, then tell me your number four player. That's right. My number. The problem four... is, here's the thing: if we keep holding out, this pod might be three hours. As long as you guys are cool with it, I'm cool with it. Ah, we're good. We just keep going one at a time. Yeah, we're right, good. Beautiful. We're good. Beautiful. My number four player is Alexi Galarno. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. It was that it should be no lower. He's in this conversation. I I do think. Those four guys are the best nexus of have proved their talent and have played a lot of college matches in the top four. I mean, we agree on our top four guys, Maddie. We just differ a little bit on the order, and that gets us to number yep. five. And I think I just went first. We went out of order. Chris, you just introduced a new player into the lexicon, so I want to hear your number five first. Who do you have on your list? Yeah, my, my number five is a guy that uh, you have both already named, and that's Keegan Smith. Okay, good. Then we can move on. Maddie, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first for number five? I feel like it's been a while since you've gone first. Yeah, no, I'll go. So this one was was interesting, and I think I had this based on a little bit more, I don't want to say potential, um, but I'm really, really high on Cannon Kingsley, and I have him at number five. Who do I have at number five, Matt Stokowiak? A guy by the name the national freshman of the year in 2020. He's a cannon, and he's a king. Cannon Kingsley, number five on my list as well. We're going to hit the under. We're going to hit the under. Um, Yeah, Ah. look, Cannon Kingsley's a stud. He's the only guy to beat Daniel Kukerman last season. If you watched him at the national indoors against Squire, against Seguin, against all of the teams Ohio State played when they were at home against Texas as well before the national indoors 
he's going to win a lot of college tennis matches for as long as he is a part of college tennis. And he's a former national indoor semifinalist, right? And so it's not surprising that he, or national indoors, excuse me, a U.S. Open junior semifinalist. And so it's not surprising that he's having success, but he is having success. And so I completely agree with you, Maddie. I think he's a top five player in the country. I think for Ohio State to be national champions, he needs to be a top five yep. player in the country, but I think he answers that question. Yeah, no doubt, man. I- I'm really looking forward to watching him play this year. Um, I think he's got the chance to be pretty special. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then with that in mind, I'm going to go to number six on my list. Uh, a guy who we didn't see as much of as we would have liked during last season's play, but he's a guy who has been ranked as high as number one in the nation, one of the few guys out there in the NCAAs who has national team championship winning experience, a guy, again, who was the number one singles player during the 2019 season. That's Carl Soderlund of the University of Virginia. I think healthy, he's back for year number five, and that steady presence at the top of the lineup for the Who's to get that back, uh, to get the All-American back, who, again, you know, quarterfinalist. He played Gojo almost even in that match. Virginia was a hair away from being a Nakashima win over Frisokos, away from knocking off Wake Forest in that 2019 uh, quarterfinal match. Healthy Soderlund is a top 10 player. I think that's just a fact, physically what he can do. And so he's number six on my list. Maddie, you're shaking your head. Yeah, that's a good pick, Ruskin. Um, I I agree with you. I definitely think when he's healthy, when he's right, he is as good as anybody. He's very worthy of a a top 10 selection. With my number six pick, though, I went a little bit of a different direction. I actually picked Sam Riffis at number six on my list. Riffis feels a little high for him. Feels a little high. He always has that stinker streak during the season where he loses like four matches in a row, and sometimes that comes at very inopportune moments. But, but, at his peak though, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm basing this Pro off results, of yeah. when they're right, when they're at their peak healthy, he can play with anybody, man. I mean, he's definitely worthy of a, of a selection in here in the top 10. I just happen to have him at six. Yeah, look, he may or may not be appearing later on for me. Chris, you've remained silent in, in this argument. Who do you have as the number six player? Yeah, I'm thinking that under is looking a little sketchy right now because I do not, as a spoiler, have Cannon Kingsley in my top 10. Wow! Nor do I have Cannon King, nor do I have Sam Riffis in my top 10. Oh, I like that. So that that under's getting a little tenuous here, Gruskin, but but my number six is Mate Votzel from Oklahoma State. Ah, uh, there it is. Whoa! It is. You just want open doors at the National Indoors for the women. You just really want that Oklahoma State fan base to love I mean, you. I find it hard not to root for the guy that looks more like a librarian than a tennis player. <laughs> I mean, you know, to a man, you ask anybody, does this guy look like a tennis No, he doesn't look like a tennis player. And on top of it, not only does he not look like a tennis player, but he hits the living snot out of the ball. I mean, as hard as anybody in the game. And and I love the I love the guy's game. He's had a great off season. Uh, I, I there's no way I could keep him out of the top ten. 
And by the way, I should have done this uh, earlier. The guys we have named so far, Blumberg, actually preseason number two. Kukerman, actually preseason number one. My number three, uh, your number two. Cooker, uh, I mentioned uh, Galarno, I should say, who was my number two. Your number four, Maddie. Chris's number two is number seven in actuality. Uh, Keegan Smith is at number 10 in actuality. Cannon Kingsley, much like you and I, Maddie, he is at number five in the country right now. You mentioned Draxel, Chris. You look at where Draxel is right now in the ITA ranking, currently number 45. So I suppose he's winning for the lowest ranked player in the top 10 right now. You look for Carl Soderlin, who I just talked about. He is currently uh, sitting at, I want to say, number 29 in the rankings. And then Riff. Riff is currently at number eight. So again, these are all guys in the top 50. We're nothing too crazy thus far through number six on our list. Uh, Maddie, I'll go to you first for number seven. Give me your number seven player. Yeah, seven's a guy that clearly is just, he came into college as one of the highest ranked players in the world, and he's had fantastic results. Um, I've got Axel Geller at number seven. We're going to hit the over. We're for sure going to end up hitting the over. Look, Geller's in my honorable mention, and when right, he looks awfully good for Stanford, was so good at the number two singles uh, position as a freshman, but not a guy I have in my top ten. He just struggled a lot at the National Indoors last year, and there are just some of these guys who I've seen in the biggest stages perform more frequently than I have Axel Geller, despite him being a senior. On paper, the talent, of course, he's in the mix for one of the top players in the country. And again, he's an honorable mention, just missing my top 10 list. But I have him just missing the top 10 for those reasons. Chris, who is your number seven player? And do, is it Axel Geller? It, it is not, but it is a guy that's already been mentioned. My number seven was Carl Soderlin. Yeah, you're a big Soderlin fan, if memory serves me correct. Yeah, well, a, a a big fan from the perspective of I have no idea yeah. how he wins with all the junk balls he plays, a.k.a. Stefan Kozlov, but he wins, so I'm a big fan. Yeah, hey, I'll take it, man. Well, number seven for me, a name neither of you might have, someone I waxed poetically about during the, our College Contenders preview on his team. Can you guys guess who it's going to be? Number seven for me, Barbotzer of Wake Forest coming in at number seven. I just have a faith in Botzer. There's the funky pick. That's the one. I had to throw in one to keep you guys honest. Um, But I don't care what the statistics say. I've watched Barbotzer in person. First, it was at the four singles position. Then it was at the three singles position. Last year, I think he was eight and three at the one singles position. If it's a big match, if there is, you know, money elimination on the line, I want Barbotzer in my corner. He is, what, 25 years old, something like that. He has played in and clinched a national championship match. He is just... I think he's someone who plays to the level of his opponent, which gets a little frustrating, but it doesn't matter how good his opponent is. He's going to raise his level to that match, and I just think... I believe in Barr. Like, again, if I'm picking 10 guys who I want, he's in my top 10. If give me that guy, roll the balls out, I'll be happy with the result no matter what. I mean, not as much as the previous six guys, obviously, because that's why he's number seven. But, you know, he belongs in my top ten. Matty? It's Chris, your list, man. It, it's it's your list. And, and all that means is you would take Barr over, what, three other guys that you have at eight, nine, and ten. So yeah. th- that's interesting, man. I mean, it's very interesting. Spoiler, I do not have Barr in my top ten rankings 
Um, but hey, it's your list. You like them. Fair enough. Look, I have Geller 12. I have Bot- or I have Geller 12, Botzer 7. You, do you, would you have Botzer in your top 15? Would he make an appearance, Maddie? Um, t- it's pushing it. Wow. Chris? It's Who, pushing first of all, it. Who's your, who's your number seven, Chris, and what are your thoughts? My number seven. You got to make me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven I already said was Soderling. Oh, excuse me. You're number eight. My number eight. Yeah. My number eight we've already went through is out is Axel Geller. So I'm the only one without Geller on the list. God, now I feel like I really screwed this up. Um, congrats, you guys. As always, you made me feel bad. Yeah, I bad. was over here counting with, with my list, you know, with my – the remaining picks on my list were up to 13. So we're getting really close to being over 14 and a half. And I was with you picking the under. So I'm hoping we stay under, but I don't know. We'll see. Oh, it's going to be close. Well, then, all right. With that in mind, we will get to our number eight player. I don't think I skipped over you, Maddie, did I? You named your number seven. It's Skeller. Nope. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, well, then, my number eight player, I'll go first. And you guys were wondering, when was he going to pop on the list? I do think this is an appropriate place, considering uh, the way he just rocked through Yuya Ito at the National Indoors, the way he was so clutch for the Wolverines throughout the 2020 season. And that's Andrew Fenty, who I have number eight on my list. Now, Chris, I see you writing something down. Did we just hit 14? Oh, we hit 14 for sure. Uh. (laughs) All right. Well, then give me your number eight. He already did. Uh, My... Or excuse me, yes, you already did. See, this is where I'm at with the I numbers did. wise, Maddie. This is why I wanted to go with ordered and structure, and then you guys screwed me up with your no. Let's just go ah, one by fine. one. It's fine. It's fine. All right, Maddie, give me your number eight. My number eight is Alex Kovacevic. We just hit fifteen. Ah, uh, because I have him on the no outskirts. No way. I have him honorable mention because I just. The guy's a top 10 talent in college. There's no way. Yeah, but he kind of quit last year. But he kind of quit last year. I'm not factoring that into – okay, if you're going to factor in, then that's your – like, for me, I don't factor that in. Yeah, that's fine. So that's where we're going to differ. Like, for me, he's unequivocally honorable mention because talent alone, the way he strikes the talent ball, alone. put him in. Yes, ex- yeah. exactly. But so I'm, I'm not last year put a really bad—to me, he's got to make up for last year because he lost the stature of top 10 player with some of those performances. To not be the number one singles player on his team with his sort of talent, that's inexcusable. And so I can't have him as a top 10 player. Chris? Oh, my gosh. I mean, this—it this, pains me to have this discussion— I'm so sorry, Maddie, but I'm with Gruskin. Ah. <laughs> I, I have to apologize. I wish I could share my screen with my sheet right now, but I actually have 10 guys, and then I have honorable mention Kovacevic. And the only reason he's an honorable mention was the year that Illinois had as a team last year, including him. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so that's he, fair, fell my, guys. he fell into my honorable mention. He didn't make my top 10. So, all right. So, with that said, my number nine, Trent Bride from Georgia. Oh, my God. Get out of here. Oh, that's too soon. It's too soon. You're telling me it's NCAA quarterfinals, Georgia versus Wake Forest, and you're going to take Bride over Botzer? 
I just All that's day. crazy. That's All crazy. Day. That's crazy. Over Maddie. Kova? Over Kova too, Chris? Well, see, so I there's mean, two factors. I agree. I mean, Bride's my honorable mention. But... I, there's two factors with Kova. One is the crappy team season he played last year. But and don't factor two, that in. Try, like, try not to fa- – are we factoring in team results here? Yes, or, you well, have no, to. When it's that bad – no, when it's that bad, you have to. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Yep. My number two part really is the fact that there's uh, – I mean, there were a couple guys, Soderlund being one of them, who I gave, you know, a little bit more the benefit of the doubt because I have obviously named him already – but between Soderlund and and Kova, they've played. You know, there's no results from this whole pandemic season to pin on them, right? Kova hasn't played, and so between when I add up, at least Soderlund played and played a decent season last year. With Kova, I have the bad season plus nothing during the pandemic, and so I I kind of you know held him down, if you will. Maybe it's artificial. I don't know. But between not playing and having a bad year, I just couldn't put him up there. I'll take him. Yeah, I'll gladly okay. take him on my team. Yeah. It's, look, again, he's honorable mention. Bride was a guy I had in my honorable mention as well. He is not my number nine pick. My number nine – well, I'll get to mine last. Maddie. I want to give you number nine first because I think you'll find my number nine funny. Uh, let's go to you now. Yeah, my number nine is a guy that I, I, you know, again, Trent Bride, I I think this guy is grossly underrated and a guy that if you look up his record is just absolutely fantastic since he's gotten into college tennis. I have Val Vachero at number nine for me. So I'm going to count that as a match for us because I wrote down for my number nine spot. And by the way, guys, we have named so far just a quick update. Botzer uh, coming into this season, he is ranked number 31 in terms of Andrew Fenty coming into this season. He's ranked number 14 in terms of Trent Bride. He is at number nine. Uh, you mentioned Vastro, who's number four coming into the year. I have in the number nine spot for me, I said someone from Texas A&M. I'm not sure if it's Habib. I'm not sure if it's Aguilar. I'm not sure if it's Vastro. But whichever one of them is playing the best in any given week is a top 10 player. Because to play number one singles amongst those three, you have to be playing some phenomenal tennis. And those guys have proven it for the past four seasons. I agree with you. Vastro is probably the guy you put in that position as the best of the bunch. But I cheated a little bit there by saying someone from Texas A&M, we can make that someone Val Vastro. I agree with you, Maddie. Chris? <laughs> You know my thoughts there, Gruskin. I mean, I already say Habib's the top guy at A&M. So if you're going to put one from A&M in, you got to put Habib in. But fine, I'll let you get away with Vachero. Whatever. We're still at like 16. I set the over under at 14 and a half. We've yeah. blown it away. I thought we were going to I thought we were going to go under that. Well, we haven't mentioned Alex Rothsart yet, number 3 in the individual rankings. I don't think he's going to be the ne- number 10 player on either of your lists. Since we already mentioned my number 10, I'll go first. I have Sam Riffis at Florida because as you mentioned, Maddie, when it's right in terms of his talent, 
as good as anyone in the country. There's a reason he's been top 500 in the world as an ATP singles player, made futures finals, you know, had the success he has, ripped off 10 match winning streaks, I think, in both of his first two seasons. Uh, He is that good. Uh, So he's the number 10 player on my list. But I do think for Florida to win the SEC to be national champions, he needs to be a top five player like his potential dictates he can be. I'll go to you first, Maddie. Who's number 10 on your list? So I have a tie here. This is my one tie because I didn't write down any honorable mentions, guys. So I've got two guys tied for 10th. And I don't know how you want to put this on the list, Chris, if you're writing this down. But I have Liam Draxel. And Carl Soderlund. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. That was my list right there. That. I love that. I love that. Well, we've talked about all those guys. So, Chris, last reveal. Drum roll, please, by myself. Yeah, so, uh, well, spoiler, I've said 16. It's because my last guy hasn't been on the list yet, and he makes number 16. My number 10 is Alistair Gray from TCU. That's horrible. That's criminal. Alistair Gray's phenomenal. Alistair Gray is going to win you so many matches. He's a tier below some of these guys just because he doesn't have the firepower of them. Alistair's, again, awesome. Big Alistair Gray fan. I had him, I think, as my last honorable... No, I didn't even have him in my honorable mention. I had a couple other guys before him. Uh, I mean, my honorable mention category is huge. He was not someone I wrote. He's a top 30 guy for sure. I don't think he's a top 10 guy. Maddie, what do you think? I mean, well, obviously you don't either. Yeah, yeah. obviously <laughs> I don't think he is because I don't have him on my list. I, I don't know about top 30. How about top 20? How about top sure. 20? I mean, 25, I split the difference. Yeah, definitely top 25. There's no question in my mind he's a top 25 player. I'd probably put him top 20 on my list. If we did another list of 10, Alistair Gray is going to make that list as one of the next guys. But yeah, for me, just a little too... I, I like him, but I mean, we're talking about 10 guys and I'm just my 10 or 11, I guess you could say. I just, I like them a little bit more. That's fair. Well, then I'll go to you first, Chris. Is there any guy we have not yet mentioned who belongs in the outskirts of this conversation? I mean, well, I'm sure we could come up with lots of guys that, that, yeah, so that then, belong here, I'll wrap, I'll rapid fire. Conversation. I'll I'll rapid fire some for you both real quick. Uh, a guy we didn't mention, Sven Law or Matthias Soto, whomever you'd like to pick. They belong in the outskirts of this conversation, don't they? No. Top 10? No, I don't think so. Wow. Okay, what about a guy like John McNally? Eh, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. All right, what about a guy like Ben Seguin? When if he's playing his absolute best, yeah. But I, uh, I mean, based on what he's done, no. Yeah, he he does have the talent. I mean, that guy is wicked talented. I mean, it's insane. But I just, I don't know if I would want to take him over any of these other guys that have just proven it to me over the course of their entire careers. Nick Beatty indoors. Oh, come on. I won't be answering that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an obvious Next. yes, right? That's what we don't even need to answer it. It's an obvious yes. I agree with both of you. Um, no, I mean, look, 
our top 10 rankings weren't too different. 16 guys, that feels about right. Uh, but there are a lot of top-tier talents. I think all of these guys in a different season could be the number one player in the country. Of course, we have the super seniors here this year, uh, so we go a little bit extra. All right. We were we were going to do the full doubles teams. We, we're going to do them a little bit faster here. We don't have time to litigate all the choices, so we're just going to go rapid fire. I'll start, then Matt, then – or excuse me. Oh, yeah, I'll start, then Matt, then Chris, and yada, yada, yada. Here we go. Number one, I have Smith Kukerman. Yep, I do as well. Same here. All right, number two, I have Blumberg Cernok. Oh, I do not. I have Cash and McNally at number two. Chris? Wow, I gotta I, hang on. I got I get. I'm, I'm recording this as we go. So okay, uh, I actually agreed with uh, with Gruskin. I have Blumberg and Cernak at, at two. Yeah, because we saw them blitz Cash and McNally at the national indoors, and so that sticks in my head. All right, number three, I have Fenty Seymour. Yes, I do too. This feels really dirty. So do I, Gruskin. I'm oh, that's horrible. Top three. I thought I feel, Blumberg I feel was terrible gonna... about this. Come on, yeah, get this... away from me. Well, it's going to be even worse when your fourth is also Lon Fronson. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow, mine's not. Uh, who's your number four, Maddie? Blumberg and Cernok. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and then, so that means I mentioned your number five is La and Fronson because my number five is Cash and McNally. Five in a I'm row? in disarray right now, Gruskin. Uh, My number five is also Cash and McNally. We match. So we should have hit the under for top five. So no, we the thing is, no, Chris, we did not. No, Chris and I have. Chris and I. Oh have. yeah, you guys have. You guys. The thing have. is, Chris, we watched all of these number one doubles teams and did the broadcast for their courts. So like the guys who stood out to us stood out to us, and it's pretty clear who those top dogs were. Um, all right, yeah. I think after the top five, though, things become much more difficult. By the way, Maddie oh, is for number sure. five. They get crazy. But who's is, Maddie got at five? Is so, it Lon Fronson? No, it's not. No, it's Ooh. not. I have a different number five, and my number five is Vassal and Kolovsky from Oklahoma State. So I have them at number seven. Um, but Chris, who, I was going to say, so I, I don't know if that, I don't know if you have them on the list. I suppose we can get to your number six team now. We can switch up the order. Who do you have number six here? My number six is Votzel and Kolovsky. So we do differ. That's good. My number six, and this might be a hot take, but I think it's Bryden Zink. I think that's the team I like the most. Of all of the Georgia teams, of all of the different pairings they can do, and Georgia always has a top five team in their doubles rankings. I have Bryden Zink number six, and I feel pretty solid about that. I honestly mm. considered putting Kreuter and Henning, but in the end I was like, nah, I go Bryden Zink. Mm. That's an interesting one. That's your number six team. My- so I have them six, yeah. My number six team is Law and Franson. Okay, there we go. That makes more sense. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to be really freaking good this year. All right, number seven, I already mentioned mine. It's Votel and Kolovsky. Maddie, who do you got? I Okay, so I'm going to switch it up here. I'm going to go with, again, my guy. I feel so biased, but Keegan Smith and Govin Nanda. As oh. my number seven team. Keegan, Look, Keegan is way too good in doubles to not have him in there. 
Um, they're going to be really good. I mean, Govin Nanda, really good player. They're going to be up there in the rankings. They will, for sure. So they're my number eight team. Sorry for the spoiler alert, but they're next for me. So, Chris, I can go right to you. Give me seven and then give me eight. Yeah, well, first, I got, I got to comment on both of those. I don't have either Keegan Smith and Govan Nanda or Trent Bride and Tyler Zink in my top ten. Yeah, that's because you love Tim Sand Cullen like a son. No, I don't have Tim Sand Cullen and Finn Reynolds in there either. <laughs> the the reason I don't have either of those teams, and I don't have I don't have this in front of me, but I want to say that Bride and Zink were like maybe ten and four. Um, the fact is, yes, they win some good matches, but they lose some matches they probably shouldn't lose. Uh, and I think the same is through. Same is true for Smith and Nanda. They're like when I'm looking at top ten teams who should be your one doubles teams, they should be going. You know, they they shouldn't be losing more than say you know two matches during the season. And if you're losing matches that I don't expect you to lose, I don't put you there. And uh, and the next team on my list at seven is is actually the the second team from North Carolina, and that's Matt Kiger and Simon Sondergaard. So I hmm, I thought long and hard about where I wanted to put Kiger and Sondergaard because they are really good. But like, do you feel discernibly better about them, Chris, than you did about watching Cernok and Hijikata last season? Like, my answer, unfortunately, is no. Like Blumberg and Cernok, you're like that's a one doubles team. And you mean Kiger and Hijikata? Uh, so yes, excuse me. Yes, thank you. And Cernok and Blumberg, you're just like, yep, they should be playing number one doubles. Kiger and Sondergaard are really, really good, but they just don't have that it factor of a top 10 team. They don't have the Blumberg just smacking forehands. They don't have that, you know, Smith, Kukerman, Smith so big, the dominant serve. They're just, I don't know, I feel like they're missing a piece. They're really good at everything, but they're not great at anything. Maddie, what do you think? Are they in your top 10? Yeah, yeah, they're my number eight team. They're my next team. Tiger and Sondergaard <laughs> at number eight. I mean, look, you, the reason you don't like them, Gruskin, is because of the name recognition. Like, it doesn't pop out to you, and they're not big-name guys, but they play great doubles, man. I mean, they, they're worthy of a top-ten selection for me, I think, for sure. I have them at number eight. It's just I've seen so much of them, maybe. Maybe I'm just burnt out on that doubles duo as well. I just think there could be some I've really seen a lot ones. of them, too. They play yeah, right in my true. backyard. I mean, I've seen a lot of them. Yeah, no, that's fair. All right, well then, you know what? I'm going to bump them to 10. You, I agree with you. You guys have made a solid case. They're now my number 10 team. Congratulations, Kiger and Sondegard. All right, number nine. I'll just save my number nine because it's the pick I'm most proud of. Chris, I don't know it's where eight. we are on your list. No, my eight was Nanda Smith. I already gave mine away. So give me eight and nine for you. Oh, you have Nanda and Smith at eight. Okay. My eight. All right, so here's where... I'm I'm done at seven. I'm out. Right. I've exhausted my list. I get. I feel again. I feel dirty saying this. I get gruskin crazy now. These are wild takes. Okay. Good. Good. Because I, I think I'm we have a similar one coming. Eight, nine, ten, and honorable mention all at once. Beautiful. Because Do my it. eight, nine come from the same team. Eight okay. and nine. I've got Sander Jong and today is Paralek and Luke Famba. <laughs> and who the hell they want to put with him? Last year it was Burtis Kruger. As of this weekend, it's Alistair Gray. I don't care. Both of those teams, eight and nine. Okay. And my I like ten. It. I was going to say, keep my going. My ten is a team that you won't even find in the ITA rankings. 
Because they've never played an ITA match together. <laughs> Foyton and Stokowiak? Foyton and Stokowiak? No, but it's the right team. It's the team that won the Fayetteville Futures, and that's Matthias Soto and Charlie Broom. Yeah, that's a really good pick. I thought about that, so I was like, is it legal for me to do that, to take two players who haven't played together and throw them on this list yet? They were in my honorable mention as well. I mentioned 8 and 10 for me. Kyger Sondegaard at 10, Nanda Smith at 8. My number 9 team, and this was just to piss both of you off, but I swear to God, put them on any other roster in the country, and they're playing number 1 doubles if it's not North Carolina or maybe Baylor, or I guess the seven, eight schools above it. And that's Johnson and Styler. Connor Johnson is the best doubles player in the country, not named Will Blumberg. You guys will never convince me otherwise. Ah, that's a Riley Smith's really good. There's some really good ones, but you have the serve with Styler. You have everything you could want at the net with Johnston, and it's just a pairing that makes sense, folks. Chris, you saw it in person. You know how good they are. Yeah, but, I mean, I still can't put them in front of these other teams. They're good. There's no doubt that they are good. So yeah, uh, it, it's hard to argue. We're we're you know, we're yeah. We're after seven, it. throw everything out. After seven, throw everything out. I agree with you, Chris. It's like okay, here's our top seven. We can stop there. But Maddie, give me your final team. My final two teams. Oh yes. Yep. So my ninth team is going to be Bride and Zinc. I actually agree with you there, Gruskin. I didn't have them as high as you did. But I do have them at my number nine slot. I think they're worthy there. Number 10, I wanted, this one I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of guys that last year were phenomenal. No name recognition. Nobody knows these guys. They'll never get the credit they deserve. But Gabriel DeCamps and Juan uh, Mazzucci from Central Florida, yep. these guys have been really, really good. And you know what? At the 10 spot, I said, let me, let me give them some recognition. I, I think they deserve it. Yeah, I, I think these are all good picks. I love it, Maddie. That I said I was going to give my 8, 9, 10 an honorable mention, and I didn't give my uh, honorable mention, but that was my honorable mention was DeCamps and Mizuchi. They're yeah. great. I mean, they lost. I don't even – I don't know what it was. Maybe two matches they lost last year. Phenomenal doubles team. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely. Again, it should be a really fun year because of how much talent there is in college tennis. And, you know, for the sake of brevity, we'll save our newcomer discussion for a later time. But again, that is our initial reaction to the ITA D1 men's rankings. We are so happy to finally have names on paper, and we're so excited to get rocking and rolling for the season. Opening dual matches this weekend, ITA kickoff weekend next weekend. We're going to be rocking and rolling here with a ton of coverage down the home stretch uh, here at. Cracked Rackets. I think we've got three more podcasts to record. Our Super Mailbag podcast where we're going to give predictions. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about what the year is going to look like and so much more. Of course, you've got another College Contenders episode with UNC and ITA preview of the kickoff weekend and so much more. So be on the lookout for all of that here on this podcast feed. And of course, like, rate, subscribe, review this show, the Cracked Interviews podcast, Mini Break, and Inside Out podcast. As always, if you need those more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube hiccup. We are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly? I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out as always to our super producers Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff for the 
Better than any job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at DraftKings. Go to DKNG.co. Use that uh, slash cracked open. With that in mind, I'll give the final word to you, Maddie and Chris. You guys joined me for like four hours of podcasting tonight. Any final thoughts on these ITA rankings? Do you have any final thoughts in your head, period? At this point, I've exhausted all thoughts. I have no final thoughts other than... Let's uh, let's kick this season off, boys. I'm ready to get this thing rocking and rolling and actually watching these players that we've been talking about. Let's see them in action. Well, let me just say, now you know how I feel. That's why I don't have any coherent thoughts. Four hours of this today, you just kind of throw stuff at the dartboard and whatever sticks, sticks. As long as you're laughing, it means I'm doing something right. Chris, final thought to you. My final thoughts really are... I hope Gruskin is sending some sort of Grubhub to Maddie because it's been a long <laughs> night. <laughs> but but beyond kidding? that, I, I honestly, I, I'm sort of in a little bit of disbelief that we're like only a week and a half away from the kickoff weekend and it's still on. I mean, yes, I know we want it to happen, but I've kind of had in the back of my mind that, you know, yeah, things probably won't happen. But, I mean, we're still on. We're a week and a half away. I'm so excited to get the season going. So, you know, God forbid, let, let's hope that it that we stay on that track. And uh, a week and a half from now, we're, uh, you and I are doing red zone uh, calls while Maddie's sitting in uh, Ann Arbor watching Baylor, Michigan, Gruskin. Oh, he goes to my city and he's not even going to kiss the ring. One word for, or two words, I suppose, Maddie. Mr. Spots. Just trust me on that one. But all right, with that in mind, for my wonderful co host, Matt the Cracks, Koyak, Chris Hallioris, our super producers, Fligner and Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and all of us here at both Crack Records and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Gentlemen, what do we tell our listeners? Hey. Hey. Great shot. Great shot. And we will see you all next week. Thanks, everyone.